So we know you want to learn how to do transitions, but you just watched how to foil. You're yeah. not ready for transitions. We're going to talk a little bit about your mass position so that it's going to be safe to learn. Amen. My name is Aaron and this is Eric. Welcome to our second video in the series of our Wing Foil School playlist. So mass position, when you're flying, if you experience more pressure on your front foot, having to lean forward, you want to move the mast back. And if you have more pressure on your back foot, you want to move your forward. And this has been the conventional wisdom. Yeah. Because it's true. This is basic leverage, right? Right. Yeah. But for beginners, it's easy to interpret it as this is, oh, I'm going to start with the mast in the middle and I'm going to adjust it accordingly, depending on what yeah. happens to me. I've made that mistake. I think I've done that to where I've, I've put it in the mid section mm -hmm. and uh, anticipating it. Yeah, yeah, anticipating it. Going that. off the back. I haven't ever, knock on wood, maybe it's just the, the combination that I've used. I haven't had a challenge with that. However, I feel like, you know, when you throw all the way, you throw the mass all the way in the back, then you're avoiding that and you're able to gradually come in uh, to it as opposed to being halfway into in the middle of it someplace and you know perhaps you are too far forward and you've got too much lift coming off your your foil and yeah you pitch it out in front of you so right. i agree uh, with Eric, the mass all uh, the way in the back in the beginning mm -hmm. she's only going to fly if you really want right, it to right. not by accident while you're just trying to get your balance you start pumping and you accidentally fly too yeah. soon yeah yeah um as I mentioned in the previous video, from the back, every time you go out and you come back in, you only move it an inch forward. Yeah, now an inch. An that inch. actually is a lot. It uh, is a lot. Yep, yep. One inch of, of movement can make a pretty big uh, difference. It does. And mm -hmm. if it's a little bit more front foot pressure all of a sudden, then you move it back a half inch. Mm -hmm. But this is the best way. Does it take a little bit more time? Sure. But you eliminate some of the highest risk yeah. is just while you're learning, yeah. avoiding those yeah violent takeoffs and finding the sweet spot and as you as you if you switch boards i feel like you got to start over right because right. i feel like you know if i if i'm coming from a high volume board and i go to a mid volume board i should probably put it in the back again just for baseline just mm -hmm. to get a pure baseline uh point to start from and then you can move it uh move it forward because every board is different and the volume and or the track placement uh, it yeah. may be you know, dramatically different from one board to the next, so uh, very beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I learned, my first board was a 125 liter Nash Hover. Yeah. And it was seven foot six. Yes. I love that board. Yep. It was easy because I'm roughly 72 kilos. Yeah. Um, people can learn on smaller boards, but it's way more difficult. Sure. And they're gonna progress much faster if they start with a bigger board. Amen. Um, that board, once I got the mass balanced, it was three quarters of the way forward because it's a longer board. Yeah. Yep. Now, about two weeks ago, I was testing out the new Rocket S from F1. Oh, yeah, yeah. A 90 liter board. Yes. And it's a good little board. I tell you what, it flew right away with the mass all the way back and it was balanced. Yeah. Yeah. If I had tried putting it just a couple of inches forward, just assuming <laughs> that I knew where it belonged, I would have been bucked hard. Yeah. And when you get yeah. bucked off, you know, it's not just embarrassing, yeah. it's exhausting. Yep. Because once you know you're flying off that horse, you're like, how am I going to land? <laughs> right. So do it slowly, take your time, enjoy the ride. Yep. Amen. So you found your sweet spot there. Think about it like a teeter totter. Yeah. And if, 
on a teeter-totter, you can stand like this to balance. That's where you want it. And if you put a heavy child here and a light child here, you actually have to move the board on the fulcrum. Yeah. If this is your teeter-totter, you can move it this way or this way, depending on who's heavier. Sure. So all the things come into account. How big is your hydrofoil? How much do you weigh? And what are the dimensions of the board? Yep. And what kind of wind speed? How, how much power are you getting speed? out of the wing? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you have the wind picks up, you're going to have more power. The foil is providing more lift. You might then need to move the mass back a little bit, mm -hmm. even if it was balanced at one wind speed when you get yeah. to the top end of the wind range of your wing right. and your foil you may have to make some adjustments. How often, now you say that, because I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm wondering how often I do that. I'm not experienced enough yet to, to, to be in that area. I'm probably a half a, no, I'm about a dozen sessions in. I can ride both directions, but I haven't experimented much with different boards and different wings just yet. I feel like I'm in that mindset of, you know, slow and low and get, get comfortable with one configuration. And that's smart. And, and, and then, move on and then you can experiment with or, or you can experience the difference between a foil change right. or a board change or, or a wing change um so yeah it, it is it is so incremental uh that the change can ah. come from a mass position change right, right. big it's difference huge. Yep. um i'm teaching your son connor and <laughs> yeah. he's a great athlete but every time he's gone he's been handed a different board a different foil yes. and a different wing yes. and he has nothing he has no baseline, no baseline to move the from. consistency. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. dude, it's time to get some roof racks and yeah, yep. keep with the same Put board the and foil. Up there. Yes. So we're working on that. Yep. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you, my brother. pleasure. So the moral of this is be patient and be safe. Yes. You know, yep. if you rush the process, you're taking a lot of extra risk. Yes, you are. You really are. And I get it. You know, people, uh, time is limited for all of us, you know, uh, and I feel like. Um, uh, especially, you know, we, we deal with a lot of type A personalities in wind sports and a lot of uh, I know what's best, I'll just get out there and figure it out kind of mindsets. And I'm not saying that that can't happen. However, the tendency and the trend is that that happens. That person runs out there, thinks they know everything. They, they put the cart before the horse and they they get their butt kicked a little bit. They get their ego put in check. and then I got my butt kicked. Yes. And then they come back to... The base, you know, the, the starting blocks, the starting point, um, and and it, it is humbling and it is an ego check. But you, once you get to that, and I think you, you then you have the aha moment, then you have the breakthrough. Now you can start learning. Yeah, I feel in like. 2019 I called Matt Kite. I was teaching on the other side of the lake. Yeah, and uh, Tucker showed me a four meter ozone. Yeah, I already had my Nash uh, 2019 hover and foil, and. I was an expert windsurfer, I was an expert snowboarder, I was an expert skier, and yeah. an expert kiteboarder. I've taught them all for many years. Yep. I got it in the mail, I wanted to use it Absolutely. right away. Absolutely, which is natural. Instantly, mm. I unpacked it, I went to the beach, nobody's there, it's blowing side offshore, 5 to 25. And I put my foil board in the water with my wing, and I got my ass kicked for 45 minutes. Yeah. I didn't go more than two or three feet in one direction. Yeah. And I was exhausted and I was humiliated and I said, okay. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it was a good lesson yeah. for how I'm going to be <clears throat> teaching. Mm -hmm. So then I spent three hours on the beach running perpendicular with the yeah. wind. Yeah. Yeah. Getting till everything is instinctive. Yep. 
Then I went on a full-size paddleboard for an hour. I didn't fall once. Yeah. I was well, out and back, yeah. yep. full-size paddleboard, yep. left, right, goofy, regular, upwind, downwind. I did that, pumping the sail. When I went back to my foil board, I was foiling it within two hours. Yeah. Cool. Now, did you take a step? I don't want to get too muddled down the yeah. road here, but did you take a step to go um, behind the boat at all? Oh, yeah. And so, you've been kite foiling. Uh, in 2017... I bought the first foil surfboard from Slingshot. It was yeah. a Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep, I remember that. I first thing I did, of course, was <laughs> I tried to paddle in the breaking <laughs> waves like a surfer because I thought I was such a great surfer. Yes. I got my ass kicked. Yes. I drew blood six times. Yes. Yep. Major, but I got it here and oh, I got it sure. here and I got it at the chest, a couple you get on the legs. In the, in the surf, that's you, a different story. You roll in the waves, you're a frog in the blender. <laughs> So, I immediately... I'm not laughing at It that. is funny, though. Um, yeah. So, yep. after I did that, I actually rented a boat. Yeah. Paid yeah. a guy to drive me around. Yeah. And after two hours, I would... I had Stabilized met, the hydrofoil. I wouldn't yep. call it mastered, but I could be stable riding goofy yeah. and regular. I could yep. let go of the rope and ride the swell. Cool, cool. Ride the wake. But I didn't go back to trying to paddle into waves. Yeah. And the reason is, sure. this is important... A wave is water molecules rolling in deep water. Yeah. But as it comes and starts to touch the wa the, the bottom yep. coming up shallow, as soon as the water molecules do this, they start spinning 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready for that change on your foil, sure, you're going down yeah, hard. Yeah. You're leashed to your wing, you're leashed to your foil board. They can wrap you up like a fly yeah. in a spider web. Yep. And you're, you're doing it with your Ginsu knife. Which is why you see most people, uh, I mean, with the exception of experienced and pro-level riders, kind of, you know, you're bringing that swell into a point where it's hitting right. uh, the spot where surfers are going to be picking up the swell. Once it starts to get steep, you need to kick out. Yeah. You want to avoid the surfers. They need the sweet spot to take off. Yeah. Ride bumps. Ride bumps for a really yeah, long time. Yeah, for sure. Yep. You could ride a double overhead swell in deep water. Yeah. Because it's still rolling like this. But yep. as soon as it comes and touches the bottom, the rolling changes, yeah. flips 90 degrees yeah. and now it's doing this. Different turbulence, yeah. You have drastic current in between the waves. There's a lot going on under the water. Yeah, you can feel it right yeah. away as soon as you're in that zone. You might be an expert surfer, wind surfer, kite surfer, and charging in big waves. You're doing that two-dimensionally on top of the water. Yeah. When you're yeah. inside this rolling thing and your foil is inside here, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's three-dimensional flying rather than two-dimensional flying. Yeah. It, most people have been on an airplane where they say, oh, I'm going to have to turn on the seatbelt <clears throat> side. We're getting a little bit of turbulence. Yeah. And if you're not on your seatbelt, you're doing this. That's what For it's sure. like when you get into the change between water molecules rolling this way and water yep. molecules rolling this way. But we're getting ahead I'm, of ourselves. I'm tracking with you, though. Nope, I'm tracking. So. Let's talk a little bit more about the pumping. Everybody's familiar with your pumping your wing here, and then you're pumping yep. your wing here like a skateboarder in the transition. But there's a third axis that almost nobody yeah. is really aware yep. about, except for windsurfers. Yep. Is this going to be a third segment? I should... Probably. Okay. So we'll, we'll, um, we've talked about uh, mass positioning. Right. Okay, cool. So let's, let's do a wrap on that. Um, 
with mass position. Do you have any further thoughts about that before we before we wrap that? Is there anything else you want to add to that? that mass part? position is very easy if you start in the back, and it's very yeah. hard if you try to start in the middle. Yes. Yep. Amen. Be that's patient. A, that's a good, be safe. That's a good summarization. Guys, if you have any further questions about the position of, of your hydrofoil mast and where that needs to be on your board, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're always happy to help. And until next time, this is Eric, I'm Aaron, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the water.